Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. If it walks like a buffalo and talks like a buffalo, it might be a Big 12 mascot. That is what's coming up on this edition of the Neighborhood Watch. I am Josh Neighbors, your host. We are your place for five-plus days a week of Big 12 content here on Crystal Ball College Football. We do talk college football. We also talk college basketball. We talk about conference realignment as well. All of those things you all can find on this channel through a variety of shows, but that's what we cover here on the Neighborhood Watch. Colorado News, as you guys can, you guys can see, is the topic today. Make sure you all subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and here on Crystal Ball College Football. We have crushed that 10K subscribers. We are on our way to 11. We need your all's help to do it. Please like the video. Please leave a comment. All those things help. As I'm starting off this channel, I'm really putting a big emphasis here, 365 Sports, on this channel. So make sure you all do those things. Find me on Twitter, at JoshNeighbors underscore. You can also find the show uh, at NWPod365. So I'm recording this at 420 Central Time. Nice, 420. Uh May 31st, so Wednesday. I was supposed to do the Colorado show today. I put this out on Twitter. But uh, I got Mark Ziegler, or Ziegler rather, from the San Diego Union-Tribune. And he and I had a great conversation on yesterday's show about San Diego State really up against the clock with two choices that, as much as a school wants to go to a Power 5 conference, they wouldn't love to be in the Big 12 just for travel reasons. We kind of hit on all those reasons why. But that might ultimately be where they end up. And so Mark and I had a great conversation about that. It's worth checking out. But we also had another Colorado video on this channel that was done. So I wanted to make sure that we kind of spread out a bit of the Colorado content. Now, there is some some sentiment maybe that, that some news could be coming down the pike in relative, you know, soon, I guess. I don't really know the actual timeline, um, you know, about a move potentially for Colorado because they have kicked this around. The sentiments that I want to talk about right now really are the ones that Dennis Dodd brought up yesterday on 365 Sports. He brought it up in his article, too, about the idea of Deion Sanders being the one to make the call on this and, and kind of the reasons why, but also like his reasoning probably being pretty sound. So the situation as it stands, Dennis Dodd tells us on an piece two days ago, now when you're seeing this on, on the first, that Colorado has had substantive talks with the Big 12 Conference. I spoke with Mark yesterday, and when Mark told, well, today uh, today uh, for me, and then yesterday when you were all watching this, Mark Ziegler, he says all of these schools have definitely had substantive talks. That is what they're doing. They would be idiots. They would not be doing their due diligence if they were not having these conversations with the Big 12 Conference, assessing all of their options, assessing all the potential outcomes of what might come of this entire situation. So it makes sense. Mark also agreed with this, that the Big 12, or excuse me, the Pac-12 schools have given ample time and opportunity to George Klyavkov to give them something that's presentable and they can put up there. I saw Tim Fitzgerald on the show on 365 saying, well, the Pac-12 might wait it out and, and they could say, and this is not incorrect, but they could say, well, you know, Colorado didn't wait. We're going to give them a great deal and they left. Yeah, 
But also in the end, if Colorado leaves, I'd assume more than another, you know, another school would probably leave too. And what's left, like there's not much of a conference left. So you can claim that it wasn't your fault, but what you're, you're kind of the prince of the ashes in some way. Right. I mean, if there's nothing left, like what's the point of the exercise, right? If there's no good league left, sure. Blame might not publicly fall on your shoulders. Although I believe there's enough blame to already go around on the PAC 12 side of things. There's already enough blame to go around in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe you not get the ultimate blame, but it, some should be there. Yeah. Some should definitely be there in my opinion. Uh, you know, they think they can blame other schools for not waiting long enough. Yeah. This is, uh, this is approaching the territory where it's like, why, why wouldn't a school just make a move? June is, is today folks. June is today. When you are watching this, the financial calendar for these schools begins on, uh, the first of July normally is when they turn the page which means that'll be the last year the financial calendar, the Pac-12 can actually count on this money uh, from the television companies. It's gone after that. They are in a very difficult position, uh, the Pac-12 conferences. It is every, now we are now actually at a point where every single day things get more tenuous and more difficult. I am not surprised that Colorado is the lead dog in these having these conversations. They have been the least public when it comes to comments out of the four corner schools and the one that we saw from Rick George last week was pretty much confirming the same things that we always assume, but a lot of people wanted to deny. We want to be in the Pac-12, but we have to do what's best. And it's about time to do what's best. It's about time that these schools do what's best. And uh, another, Mark, Mark and I kept hitting on this stuff. Mark and I had a great conversation. Once again, go back and watch it. The, the Pac-12 got unlucky because the media bubble popped on them. The bubble popped. People want they schools or these companies want the NFL. They want stuff like that. They want the SEC. They want the Big Ten. They want big sports. The Big Twelve got the right kind of deal for them at the right time. ESPN is laying people off. The CW is interested in sports. Amazon's interested in sports. Apple TV Plus, but but how interested are they in the Pac-12? They want football. They want basketball and baseball at a major high level. Whether it's pro, most likely pro, to be honest. Uh, they're not searching for like the A or B package or a combination of both. It seems like for PAC 12 schools and ESPN, the worldwide leader taking that step back also too is not a good position. Fox, not much desire. Another part of this too, guys, it appears at this point, if you're ESPN, you say, well, how are you going to fill out your late night slot? They can just wait it out. They could just wait out Colorado and Arizona and look what might happen. They might get those four schools joining the Big 12 for a price they already agreed upon, which might be high for them now, but a price they already agreed upon, the pro rata. And guess what might happen? They don't, they don't need everybody else. They might just want to pay for four schools. They might just want to get two schools and add San Diego State out west and not, not, have the, you know, not have to pay for the entire conference, but still be able to put on late-night football games. Those things are possible for the worldwide leader who is, you know, you feel like your best bet at a great contract if you are the Pac-12. That is the position. That is where we're at. And it feels like, you know, people on Twitter are just kind of hinting now. I've seen uh, at least what Justin Cohen put this out. He covers uh, NFL and CFB Insider for the Tallahassee Journal and the bad boy of scoops. Uh, you know, once again, I'm not saying this is the guy that we should believe in. I am somebody that, that thinks we should listen for the big folks to come in. And I will, you know, I will do, you know, I will kind of go off what they say when they say it, the Dennis Dodds of the world, even John Wilner, who I feel like is much more fair than John Canzano is, 
uh, a lot of the time, um, you know, who acknowledge that, hey, maybe George Klyavkov completely missed the mark. That is what we are waiting for, okay? This is what gets us to Colorado's Deion Sanders being involved thing. Do I actually think what's best for the Buffaloes is being back in the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, it's a league they've been before. Denver, Colorado is a good market, kind of fits in this, that pushes west, but still has some, uh, in Denver, maybe not Midwestern sensibility. The state of Colorado does have, you know, there's some Midwestern and kind of Southern sensibility in the state of Colorado. Um, and you, if you're Colorado, you really, to turn this thing around, the best thing you could do is get your ass back into Texas when it comes to recruiting. Get your tail back in Texas. Get yourself playing there multiple times a year, which that is the reality of the new Big 12 Conference. TCU, Texas Tech, um, Houston, uh, Baylor, right? Uh, TCU, Texas Tech, Houston, Baylor. Uh, did I, miss, I don't think I missed anybody. Um, you, you see what I'm saying here. Four schools, you're going to be in Texas. Sometimes it'll be three times, sometimes it'll be once, but mostly, let's just say on average twice, you're going to be in the state of Texas playing football games. In front, of stu uh, in front of kids, in front of kids' families, opportunities to recruit, all those things. On those Friday nights before the games, you, you know, you can go out and some, you know, some guys send the assistance to the games and whatnot. You have the ability to do those things if you are in Big 12 country, if you are in the state of Texas. That is what you're going to be able to do. So from that perspective, the, the move makes a lot of sense, right? Like just the number, I mean, the football recruiting. And let's be honest, like you, you can talk about all the other factors involved, but football is the lifeblood. Recruiting is the lifeblood of the football. So it's kind of, that stuff really does matter. Um, and, you know, I, I think it makes sense. Like he is, he's got kind of the keys to the, to the kingdom right now, Deion Sanders. And also when it comes to the recruiting, when it comes to the recruiting, I think there is uh, a certain aspect of like, you might be leaving the West coast behind, but I think Dion's got that national appeal. You might say, well, wouldn't that also appeal to Texas? Yes, but Texas is a state in California, same way too, but Texas is a state where so many different teams are going and competing, having the high profile and going into Texas, which takes high school football more serious than any other state in the entire country. Full stop, full stop. Um, I mean, like I live in a state where Arkansas, Arkansas right now, like until high school, high school sports are massive and uh, you know, everybody just says, no, it doesn't hold a candle, doesn't hold a candle. And so once again, haven't lived in Texas, just going to believe what folks say on that front uh, who have lived in both places. So I think you feel, you know, like, all right. I mean, you can't just be about it. You can't just be Deion Sanders. You need to go to Texas and make some inroads and also playing there multiple times is very helpful. Right. And so I think he can get that national appeal. And also if you add Arizona along the way, which feels like that's very possible, you're getting pretty close to California. And once again, the big 12 wants to add a California school. So I have a tough time seeing a world in which the big 12 adds more schools and California is not involved. Uh, and so I think, you know, this program will have plenty of face time in that state. And, and Dennis says this point blank, Colorado, and the big 12 met face to face while involved in consistent talks over a period of several months, According to multiple sources, it was made clear that a move to the Big 12 would not be made without the support of football coach Deion Sanders. Um, so the sentiment, I, and I think I think there is sentiment that that Dion would support this move. Um I agree. I think we like I think we like that that idea, right? But also at the same time, I would be careful with tying you know, some big decisions like that to your football coach's desires, because this one might be the right thing to do 
thumbs up on this one, right? We, I mean, I, you know, Big 12 guy here. I'd love to see them in the conference. But also, is there a certain aspect of this where you have to be like, well, not sure we want a, a coach that is not from our area, who this is his first Power 5 opportunity, who we might be concerned if he gets the job, a job in the southern part of the country might leave. We're not sure how long he's going to be here for. And also the fact that even if we go to the Big 12 financially, you know, we're not going to be able to offer the things that SECs, we just, you know, it's just the reality of it. Like, and I'm not saying Colorado is alone in this. I mean, it's, it's just kind of the way the money's working right now. And so I think that is a big part of this. I, I think that's something you get to consider is, you know, Colorado's going to let him check off on this, but like how much, how much room is Deion Sanders getting to, to operate on this front? I believe his sentiments are strong. And I think Dion would sign off on this too. Um, now, also, I think there's a part of, yeah, if you want to make the college ball playoff, but like they're not even at that point about having that conversation yet. Colorado is very firmly in the, we just want to compete again space. Take USC, for example. USC has had a lot of success, you know, off and on recently. It's, it's kind of been just, it was such an up and down Clay Helton experience. You know, you get the iconic Rose Bowl game. You had the success this year. You had some bad results in between. But think about like them getting to the mountaintop. Okay. They, they you know, went to the Pac-12 championship game and they lost to Utah. And they lost the game before that to Utah as well because their defense is not good enough. You know, but even Utah getting over the hump and winning twice, beating down Oregon twice, and then also uh, beating USC twice, but then going and playing up against the big boys and losing. Like, they've got to get to that stage where they're just competing for a Pac-12 title. And that top of the Pac-12 is a very, it's a very dense, it's a very fun and entertaining top. I, I will not take that away from them. The Washington, Oregon, USC, when they're good, UCLA, Oregon State, and I'm, I don't think I'm missing anybody, mix that they've had at least last year. We'll see. But the mix that they had was very exciting and intriguing. Maybe no elite schools. I think definitely no elite schools, right? Utah showed cracks throughout the year. USC's defense, nowhere near good enough. Oregon State's passing game was not robust enough, not as athletic on defense. Washington, you know, kind of came up short in some some bigger games last year, right? But they all like, kind of like where they are this year. It's just are they all finished products? And that's what they're competing with. That's what they're trying to compete with in that league. The Big 12 is, is, more, is more competitive all the way through. But as we've seen in the last three seasons, finding your way to the top is actually a bit easier than it is in the pack, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit easier because in the pack, it feels like, you know, especially with OU and Texas now leaving, and OU, I mean, Texas wasn't really much of a factor, but OU had their dominant stretch. Other teams were popping up and playing in those games. Kansas State, you had Baylor, you had Iowa State, and then recently you had Baylor and Oklahoma. Like, there has been much more turnover in the Big 12 when it comes to championship comp level competition. Uh, you know, they're at the top, and there has been the Pac-12. So while the that league is a bottom – the rotation of the Big 12 is a bit more of fluctuation. When it comes to reaching the CFP, there is more of that. But he's got kind of such good publicity. But he can't even think about that at this point. Like, they're just talking about, all right, how do we construct the best roster possible and get ourselves back to where we were roughly before to, to get there? So I, I think this is such an interesting uh, situation because I believe we're heading towards we're heading towards a moment, and I'll, I'll just put this out there. I was unsure about it before. 50-50 kind of rotated. I, th I think it's over for the Pac-12 when it comes to, uh, to, to, you know, being a power five conference. I really do, because even if they get something short term done, how long does it last? 
Oregon and Washington eventually can become full partners in other conferences down the road at some point in time, if you like. I don't see them sticking around for those reasons. The only big thing they can do there is, is the their ability to compete for a championship in the league is a little bit easier. But what does that mean when it comes to the end of the day competing for national championships? Are they better off in this league? Are they better off kind of expanding that national profile in other places, i.e. the Big Ten, right? I think that's, that is where those two schools are. And these other schools, I mean, you know, you've had so much time. George Klyavkov has had ample amounts of time to produce something and put something in your face that makes sense, that is a workable deal, and he has not done it yet. And they've come out and they've said several times, we're waiting, uh, you know, it's, we're going to get it at a certain time. It's just failure after failure after failure to meet deadlines. And there is no indication that there is a clear end in sight. And we keep saying they've had time, they've had time, they now are on the clock. Right, they're now on the clock. It does not feel like there's a reasonable way in which they can add San Diego State because adding San Diego State, you know, they have this deadline that's coming up uh, here with, on, on the 1st of July. They had to make a decision here soon before the money to exit the Mountain West triples for them. So they're trying to avoid that right now. SMU obviously can't join because you need to know what television situation you're in. And everything is so up in the air and they can't promise anybody where they're going to be on television. The Big 12 is a much more stable prospect right now in the future they're winning the narrative battle and it feels like they're winning the war when it comes to tv because look the luck is they just got in earlier and the tv bubble popped and it happened to the to, to pac 12 and they're in a tough spot and i've said this on different shows but i'll say this again you know i it does not feel like the same sport anymore that we've we've grown to love and care about obviously things are changing but if it's kill or be killed it's me or you you have to make the choice right and They've been more than fair. This is not just some we're gonna, you know, we're gonna cut cut their throats for lack of a better term. We're gonna end it. We're gonna land the kill shot. We're not gonna do it. They have been more than fair to the league because I think it's in their best interest to be more than fair to the league to, to show that hey, we have everything we had. We like this attachment, but it's come to an end, and it's not where college college sports are heading in a different direction. And this conference is not equipped to go in that direction. But I think it's totally valid. So this Colorado, because they're the first. They're the first, they have Deion Sanders there, and also they are going to be the litmus test for, you know, the reasons why you leave, also the most quiet. They are such an interesting, uh, they're such an interesting kind of cross-section of a lot of these, uh, of like a lot of the talks that we've had about large state universities, but like the academics, uh, you know, have succeeded in athletics, but are down right now, have a charismatic coach who might be the one approving this offer, but how long is he going to stay for? How relevant can they get? What will the pay gap mean to them? They're in position to answer all of these incredibly interesting questions that we're going to have about modern college football, both now and in the future. And I think it's it's starting to look like it's going to be as part of a Big 12 conference. Not to say that, that there could not be a rabbit out of the hat, but it feels like we've been asking for a rabbit out of the hat for a long time now. And it feels like we're, it, we're more so in the territory we're asking for something to be pulled off as opposed to a a deal to be worked. Now it feels like George, it's not just making a deal at this point. It's, it's pulling something out of your, you know, what they are not in normal, normal territory anymore. Uh, you know, it's fine. It's okay. We have time. They're not there anymore. So that'll do it for today's show. Give me your all's thoughts on this situation. What you all think about Deion Sanders having the impact, having the ability to make the call when you all think this might happen, all that stuff, please leave a comment, please subscribe to the channel, like the videos as well. And also find us wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, my friends, talk to you tomorrow.